you know, the big dream was I wanted to just be in New York, and I really hadn't figured out much past that. So I was shooting any dancer that would wanted to work with me, any creative that wanted to create with me. I was collaborating, making that happen, taking any job that would keep the lights on and keep the dream alive. Welcome to the Lively Last Podcast. I'm James Duvall, and as always, have the privilege to be hanging out with my wife and co-host Lisa. We do love hanging out together, kind of why I married you. The journey of this podcast has been a fun adventure for us to do together. Thank you, listeners, for joining us and encouragement along the way. Today, we're really excited to introduce you to our firstborn child, Alex. She was home a few weeks ago from Brooklyn, New York, and we had a conversation about her journey of leaving South Florida and moving to the Big Apple. I think people thought we were crazy that we didn't get all weirded out about our 20-year-old daughter deciding to move away from home to New York. However, we have always experienced Alex's independence and strong drive, so we were confident she would be okay. And she's been crushing it. We are so proud of her. She has displayed a strong sense of independence the day we took her home from the hospital as a newborn. Alex embodies many qualities of a firstborn. The psychology and research behind birth order is a bit freaky. Firstborns are typically natural leaders. They're reliable, conscientious, structured, and they're achievers. One of the firstborn qualities I find interesting and so true of Alex, which I believe gave us the confidence as parents for her to make this move, is she is cautious. Very different from being fearful, but she is a risk taker, but she is very calculated in risk taking. Yeah, I remember one time she declared to us with complete confidence that she is a force to be reckoned with. She has proven that to be true, that's for sure. I want to toss in some typology fun facts here. Most firstborns type a particular way. Wouldn't you know, Alex lines up. She is an INTJ, which is the second highest Myers-Briggs type for firstborn children. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Alex. Hey, Alex, thanks for being on the podcast today with your mom and I. You know, we're huge fans of yours and super proud of your journey. And really, since you were a child, you've had this entrepreneurial spirit about you. I'm not sure if you remember or not, but around age seven, you were selling Beanie Babies and actually negotiating prices on them, making bracelets, selling those. So it's true. Trading yeah, time, for Skittles. Yeah, every time we had friends over, it was Skittles or a dollar here for a bracelet or a Beanie Baby. Smart girl. You've also always been a creative. When I think about your creativity, there's a couple things that I think about. First of all, there's your artistic creativity. And then there's this idea of creativity and problem solving that comes from more of a logical thought process. And really looking back, there's really two instances, two pictures that I think of when I think about both those things. The first is just the fact that when you're like 14 or 15 years old, you had already kind of taught yourself how to code or write computer language. And was it one or how many languages did you? Um, I learned CSS and HTML and then learned how to code with PHP so I could pull, you know, pages into other pages. Right. And so we're talking like 10 years ago. So even though like that's maybe more common today for a teenager to do that, that was pretty eye-opening for us to kind of go, oh, she has this logical ability to solve problems. Uh, I remember one time having a friend of ours over who actually worked for me at the time. I think you're maybe 15 years old. The guy who oversaw our films and design came over and you had actually 
taught yourself graphic design. Yeah, I had uh, downloaded GIMP for free. I really realized that I was not a great painter, but wanted to be an artist. And that felt like maybe my only option. And so I'm glad I did that because it worked out for me. Yeah, that's true. I would see these images. And as your dad, I was just like, I don't know if these are good because I really thought they were good. And I'm kind of a creative but because you're my daughter, I was like, I must be like biased. So I asked this buddy who was over that night. I said, hey, can you just look at this and tell me if there's actually any talent here or not? And he was like, yeah, she's pretty talented. And I, I think that's where actually your mom and I really first started seeing that in your career, in your life, that art and design and this creative pathway was always going to be kind of part of what you're going to do. And actually, I think that's where you actually began the journey of kind of really us kind of investing in and you really digging into building some of those skills. So what did that look like as a teenager? Well, as a teenager, I ended up, as you know, (laughs) I was homeschooled. So I had this great opportunity as you heading up creative departments to really apprentice under a lot of people who invested in my craft in a way that was significant. So learning how to use Photoshop, learning how to edit video, learning how to shoot video, and then really led into my bigger passion in life, which is photography, like being around cameras. Yeah, I I remember we would basically take you into the office with us, drop you off, and you were like on shoots and editing yeah. videos and learning new things. And it was really cool that we had that opportunity. And I think you were 16 when you got your first professional camera. Yeah. And that whole new world for you, because now not only could you use other people's equipment, now you hear your own thing and weddings, weddings and, and mm-hmm. artists and bands and really developing that piece, which is really pretty cool. Now you two have missed a significant piece in Alex's teenage years and all that she's learned. In one season, she had websites created. She thought we didn't know about, but we would, (laughs) we actually had to get a software on our computer that had three codes on it so that we could monitor her website building and which I don't even know if you know about that to this day, but we had to do that to keep up with her. Yeah. Because she was building and creating yeah. so much, and, and some of that, there were some freedoms there that she was exploring that we were not so comfortable with, but we were <laughs> allowing her to run that out a little. Yeah, I mean, thinking back on it as our firstborn child, there were things that we were trying to figure out, like, man, how's she doing this? And the only thing we could do was kind of, while you were asleep, kind of go in and yeah. dig around and kind of go, I definitely oh. had some passcode protected pages on <laughs> that were encrypted and whatnot, so that must have been fun for you guys. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, so... Parenting a smart person is very challenging. Very challenging. <laughs> so just after you graduated from high school, you began to dream and plan about moving to New York City. Tell us a little bit about that or what inspired you to leave the beaches of South Florida and head north. Well, I never really liked the heat, so that's... <laughs> well, and that I, does it. <laughs> and I never really liked driving either, so that was two good motivators. But really the bigger thing was there was a, seemed to be a huge bustling creative community in New York. And that's really something I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be around people who were breaking things and building things and making it happen. And New York seemed to be the place for that. That's really cool. Your dad and I often say we grew up with you. Being the oldest of your siblings, we experienced all the firsts with you. The first to leave home, um, having a daughter, 19 years old, moved to New York City was a big deal. Yes, it Actually, was. pretty uh, pretty massive. We had great confidence in you that you would make it, though, because you had always demonstrated consistently the skill of figuring out 
any challenge that was in front of you and just had great logical reasoning. Yeah, but it wasn't easy. You had to really sacrifice and hustle to make it happen. I guess the word I would use when I think about is you really had to grind. You were pushing yourself to attain this dream of being in New York City. So what did that look like the first couple of years that you were in New York City? Yeah, I'm glad you guys had confidence in me. I probably had a little too much confidence in me, all things considered. I didn't really realize what that journey would look like. I moved to New York with about $1,000, two suitcases, and a month of rent paid and really had to hustle to figure it out from there. I lived in an Airbnb and then lived in a not great apartment (laughs) and then moved into another not great apartment. I thought if I remember that you Airbnb for like one month and then you went to another Airbnb for another month until you finally got your own apartment. Well, I lived in an Airbnb for a month and then found an apartment on Craigslist, which mixed reviews on doing that. (laughs) And then from there, moved into my own space on the Upper West Side, which I was super excited about. was the tiniest apartment in the world, really a literal shoebox, but it was a place of my own and a cool neighborhood. So I was excited. Yeah. I think the cool thing about that is that with entrepreneurs or anybody who's trying to pursue a dream, there's this idea that you're just going to get there and it's going to happen easily. But you actually really had to sacrifice a lot. Just recently read a book called Keep Going by a guy named Austin Cleon. And he talks about this idea that, you know, a lot of people want to be the noun. They want to be the creative or they want to be the artist. They want to be the title, but they're not willing to do the the verb, actually right. doing the art. And during that season, you actually were doing the verb. You were grinding. You were taking any art opportunities, yeah. any kind of photography opportunities you had at that time, right? Yeah. You know, the big dream was I wanted to just be in New York and I really hadn't figured out much past that. So I was shooting any dancer that would wanted to work with me, any creative that wanted to create with me. I was collaborating, making that happen, taking any job that would keep the lights on and keep the dream alive. I remember your mom and I actually looking at pictures and kind of going, these are great pictures. I wonder when she's going to get paid. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, the grind, when you talk about that, James, the grind actually cost you some health issues. The apartment that you talked about living in Upper West Side, which was really cool area to live in, but the apartment wasn't very cool. Actually had some issues that impacted your health that we started on a journey with you of trying to figure out what in the world is going on with Alex. You couldn't maintain weight. You weren't, your digestive system was all messed up. You had face rashes. And so we're like, what does she come in contact with? Is it asbestos? What, I mean, what lead paint, what in the world is it? But you know, as you reflect back, how were you able to keep on moving and going and not giving up? Because that's not a grind or a hustle that you're like trying to make money like you're not well. Yeah, that journey was really quite difficult. Really, I've joked that if I wrote a book about my experience in New York during that time, you wouldn't really believe it. It would seem made up (laughs) from really just the ceiling falling in to being really ill. That apartment was really a nightmare. But at a certain level, I was... There was even times where I didn't know if I was going to fully make it, but I knew I was not going to leave New York, (laughs) which I think tells you a little bit about where my headspace was. I went to work with 103 degree fevers, took Ubers home because I couldn't walk, but I was not going to give up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually describe your dad as a person with tenacity. 
And you definitely get that quality from him of just power through, push through, do what it takes to make it happen. Yeah. And as, as parents, one of the lessons we learned is sometimes we have pressure to kind of go, oh, why would you let your child go through that? Or why would you, you know, let your daughter do that? Or why would you let her live in New York City? But the reality is that it was your dream and you had to pursue your dream. And so all we could do is really support you in that. But that was a hard, that was a really hard season. There were multiple times that you flew down here to Florida and we tried to figure out the health issues. Obviously, you're better now, but for you to actually grind through that and stick to it, most people would have kind of thrown in the towel. So it's really cool you did that. So another big thing happened in that season is you met your boyfriend, Rob. Yep. Right. He's a lot like you, kind of an artist type as well, right? Correct. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Rob. Rob is an all-around artist. I would call him a renaissance man. Yeah. He is a musician, a builder, a craftsman, a innovator, all of the above. Yeah, he's actually a trained luthier, right? Correct, of, yeah. <laughs> of, of building violins. He can tune your piano. He can build stuff for you, all yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are a really good fit. The interesting thing about uh, you and Rob, too, which is crazy how this story kind of plays out, is that you both actually grew up in West Palm Beach, yep. Florida, <laughs> didn't know each other, actually as kids. It's a small miracle. We yeah, didn't know attended, each other. <laughs> attended the same church and didn't know each other. You probably actually attended some concerts and bands that he was in and so Yeah, forth. actually one of my really good friends in high school, I used to go to her shows all the time and she opened for his band on multiple occasions and I, from some small stroke of fate, we did not meet then. Yeah, and you met, and you actually ended up meeting on an online dating service, right? Yeah, in New yeah, York. In New York, of all things. So <laughs> that's really pretty crazy. Your journey has challenged you, has grown you and stretched you in so many ways. And so here you are, New York, you actually in the process of getting over your health issues and you landed a job that you were so excited about working in design and fashion industry. And it actually turned out to be another tough season for yeah. you. I'd love for you to share with us a bit about that experience and what you learned about yourself and what you really wanted to do that came out of that. Yeah, so that job, I was pretty excited. Really moving to New York, saw myself working in fashion and doing marketing and photo and social media in the fashion industry. So when I landed that job, I was stoked. I was like, this is someplace I'm going to sink my roots in and make it happen. I'm going to grow here. This is going to be my job for a while. The positive aspect of that job is it offered me a lot of stability during that difficult season when I was very ill and needed that kind of support. But really, I had hoped for more and it didn't really pan out that way. I really kept self-promoting essentially being like taking on more what can I do how can I add value so after a while I was like what is this in me that's not growing here why am I not making more money why am I not getting a new title you know why are they hiring people in above me all of these questions kept I'm like I'm really striving for opportunities I'm making it clear that this is what I want and I eventually made this mindset shift where instead of trying to obtain up opportunities for myself and give them to myself I just needed to make room in my life for the thing I actually wanted which was to be a photographer to be an artist to be in community with other yeah. artists and to really support businesses that I was excited about that's really where the shift came for me so that really launched you into moving out of the corporate nine to five world to really pursuing a freelance career which yeah. is what you're doing now if it wasn't for that season that experience it really helped shape and define kind of like what this next season is that you're in right now, right? Right. You probably learned a lot about yourself and probably learned a lot about your personality and strengths and weaknesses in that as well. For sure. In the world of Enneagram, Alex, you are Enneagram 5 with mm -hmm. a wing of 4. So for all of our listeners who are not maybe familiar with that, the Enneagram 5 is called the Quiet Specialist. 
And the Enneagram 4 is known as the intense creative or the individualist. Enneagram 5s, they want the question why to be answered really about everything. They have (laughs) lots of questions. They will ask them or they will pursue those answers on their own. They're really very much in their head. They find facts, verify facts, and have access to facts swiftly. (laughs) So that would definitely encompass your personality and your qualities you have. And Enneagram 4, that shows up with you too because they have the ability to express beauty in the world. They see it, they value it, and they can describe it and give it back to the world in a fresh way and different means. It could be through photography, design, whatever the case is. Any of that Enneagram 5, Wing 4 resonate with you at all? (laughs) I feel like a good example of that really in my life is when I flew to Europe with my friends, I am both a planner and a high beauty person. So you will get an itinerary from me, but it'll be color coded and I'll be telling you what outfits you're going to wear on what days so that we all look good in a photo. That's hilarious. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. So you You actually have a five page document. Yeah, I have a five page document from that trip organized by neighborhood and what we might want to do, what we might be wearing, how we might be feeling. (laughs) I think I'll put that in the show notes so people can actually see what an Enneagram 5 wing 4 actually process a vacation might be interesting. It'd probably be a great visual for what's going on in their brain. And you did forget to mention that it had a mood board on it. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Color palettes, which you did highlight, but I think that's so funny. So you have more perspective about your personality through the tool of Myers-Briggs. And so you are an INTJ. Correct. And I would love just to know a little bit about how that has served you and then maybe how it hasn't served you well. In terms of how that served me, I would really call myself a problem solver and a creative thinker. I really like the space between analytics and art and where you can find beauty in that, where they cross over. In terms of how it's not served me, I sometimes am not the most empathetic person. (laughs) I really see the data and the data answers a lot of questions for me. And sometimes I have to really pause and think about where other people's emotions play into my final equation. Yeah, right. Enneagram fives are actually known to be able to problem solve. They're able to assess the facts and not get tangled up with feelings. So that totally makes sense, but it wouldn't serve you well <laughs> if you weren't attentive to people's needs and making decisions, especially if it involves people. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I think one of the things the mention here is that your art actually is really typical of that. We would say your art is cerebral mm-hmm. in context. And sometimes I look at your photos, I'm like, hmm, I don't quite get that. <laughs> But when you understand it through the eyes of an INTJ or eyes of an Enneagram 5 wing 4, it begins to make more sense of how you are combining logic and beauty. Yeah. Well, to mom's point, I really think that as a five, I love all the answers. I like to know how things work. I like to figure it out. I will research things till the end of the line until I find the answer that makes sense. But you can't really do that for everything in life. There are certain questions that don't have answers and they they might never have answers. And I think that's really where my art picks up for me. Mm. It's, it's my art starts where the logic ends, like questions about, are there aliens? <laughs> you know, I like to think about those <laughs> things. Which is something your mom and I never <laughs> ask. We never yeah. think about aliens, but we're glad someone's out there thinking about it. I yeah. know. Um, and, you know, there's, there's not an answer to that question. So a lot of my art explores things of that nature. Like, wh- what can't I answer? And then what can I make some kind of makeshift answer for in my art? 
Yeah. That's good. One of my mentors says those are mysteries of the mind. Yeah. (laughs) Some things you just will never figure out. So let's pick up the journey. Your journey's really just starting to kind of amp up. Right. Tell us a little bit about after you left the corporate world, the the fashion industry, and what you're doing now, what your trajectory is and what you're dreaming about. Yeah, so what I'm doing now is really multifaceted. My daylight hours, I am really coming alongside businesses that I'm excited about and helping them with their marketing and their design and their brand identity and their voice and amplifying really great businesses, which is exciting for me because I've not always worked with brands that I was excited about. So this is a new season in that. But additionally, my boyfriend Rob and I have started this studio. I found in New York over the past four years, I really was craving a community of creatives and I never really found that. So we came together and created this space that caters to artists of all kinds. We have a recording studio and we have a photo floor and I'm building a dark room and we have animators and painters all in community together making art and that's really been the big dream. So after four years of really hustling, grinding and not seeing a lot of fruit of the work, I'm finally coming into a season where I'm excited about what all of that is doing for me. That's so cool because I think part of your dream was to actually be in a community and so now you're actually building that community. One of the things that you and I were talking about was just your desire to give back to the community and so you're positioning yourself still grinding, still growing, but now you're positioning yourself to kind of give back to the community, which is really cool. Yeah, in what ways are you doing that? What are some dreams about giving back to the community? What does that look like? So this is all still very much in the works, but really one of my bigger dreams is always to host workshops or to teach things that I had learned and experimented with and pass that along to people as a creative process. So really the next phase of what we're doing is to start hosting classes for kids in our community or young professionals in our community and make it more of a community resource versus just a resource for us. Because that was really what I wanted when I moved to New York. I wanted someone to have a space that was offering that up to young creatives and I couldn't find one. So that's really the giving back that I'm excited to do. That's really cool. We are so super proud of you. Yeah, we are. Totally proud of you. So we're excited to see what's happening with Alex in years to come because you've got big dreams that we know that you're going to hustle after, grind after, grow through. And so we're excited about that. But they're probably listeners, and we know they're listeners who have an entrepreneurial spirit like yourself that are young and trying to go after their dream and pursue it. What would you say to them to encourage them or help equip them for that journey? I think a few things that I've learned in the past four years specifically that would help any young entrepreneur, person who has a dream, is one, dream a lot bigger. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Right now I'm realizing that I didn't dream big enough and so Mm. I'm having to re-dream which is a fun process, but it's it's strange to have completed something and be like, oh man, I really could have aimed for more really a lot sooner. And the second thing I would say is be creative in your solutions. Like if you think that there's only one way to get to your dream, you're just never going to get there. Uh, a lot of what I've had to do is completely change my mind a lot <laughs> yeah. and change my plan. And that's hard for me as a five to change my plan because I really usually think that my strategy from the jump is going to be it and it's going to work. And that's just not true. So I think the thing that has really set me up for success is being willing to change my plan at a moment's notice. 
That's really good. You know, one of the things that talking about growth, um, just emotional growth and maturity, especially as a five, what you said was so true is fives don't change their mind. They have to think through things and making a decision like that is a big deal. And so it just shows the growth that you've had because you've actually gotten out of a well-worn groove to go, it has to be my way mm-hmm. and, um, and growing. And so in that grind, yeah. in that shifting, was all the growing that you did. So it's really cool to see how that played out in your life. Yeah, And I mean, notably that mindset shift came along with I'm making space in my life for opportunity. I'm willing to change my plan. My goal is big enough that I'm willing to get there however it takes, whatever road that takes. But that's been the past eight months for me. And the growth in that time has been more than the, you know, three and a half years before that. So I think being willing to change is the biggest thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, we don't see the incremental growth and it feels like a quantum leap. Yeah. And so even the fact that those first three years may have felt like incremental or not huge leaps in your growth, the fact that now you're kind of going, oh, I'm seeing it. It's the the small choices. It's the consistent doing the verb yeah. that now you're kind of seeing the result of that and able to jump into the next season. So Alex, this is so cool and so great to actually hear your story, share it with our listeners. If people wanted to find out more about you, where would you send listeners to find out more about you online? Yeah. My handle on every social media is Alex Duvall uh, with two X's and Duvall with two L's. Yeah. Which is a whole nother story we didn't get into. Yeah. But it's all right. So it's A-L-E-X. <laughs> X Duval. Yep. Right. So awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Thank you, Alex. We love you. Thank you. We love that girl. So proud of her and love championing her journey and story. You know, James, millennials often get a bad rap of wanting to be the noun and not do the verb. Yeah. Alex actually represents many millennials that we know about who work hard to find their way and discover their purpose. Yeah, we are really huge fans. I think it'd be cool to share a few takeaways from our conversation that I believe would be helpful for our listeners. The first thing is this, dream bigger. I often find that when I have a goal that I want to accomplish, the size, the scope, and the impact of accomplishing is so much more than what I first thought. So I want to encourage everyone today, Dream big. Don't limit your dreams. If you have a vision to accomplish something, don't think small. Think expansively. Yeah, that's a great challenge. And you know, if you have a problem dreaming, surround yourself with some big dreamers. That's right. Uh, That's why I have you, James. (laughs) The second thing is get a plan or strategy to accomplish your goal. Professor and author Lee Bowman says, a vision without a strategy remains an illusion. Mm. Let me say that again. A vision without a strategy remains an illusion. Alex may not have had the entire strategy laid out in advance, but she did have an initial plan and has continued to adapt it as the vision is turning into reality. That's really powerful. Then lastly, pay the rent every day. Rory Vaden teaches this idea of the rent axiom, which says success isn't owned, it is rented, and the rent is due every day. So if you have a big vision or dream, you have to continue paying the price to achieve it. All along Alex's journey, there have been some successes, but if she were just to live in temporary success, she will never achieve the bigger vision. So every day you have to do the things that are going to move you from success to success. You have to pay the rent. I love what Dr. Maxwell says. Every day means every day. That's right. And Alex um, demonstrated small, consistent choices that have continued to accumulate to her dream becoming a reality. We want to encourage you listeners to stay at your dream 
and making small, consistent choices every day. So thanks for joining us this week. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. We want to thank you and tell you how grateful we are for helping us get the word out about the podcast. Simply sharing this episode with someone you think would benefit from listening will help the show to continue to grow. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. And if you'll take time to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, we would be so thankful. That will also help spread the word about the show. You won't want to miss next week. I had the opportunity to connect with Philip Jackson. He is the Chief Commerce Officer at Something Digital. He is also a longtime friend. His story of overcoming addiction is really powerful. As a teaser, Philip has lost over 134 pounds with no gimmicks, surgeries, or crazy diets. So we really hope that you'll join us next Monday for that conversation. I cannot wait for that. Remember, the way you live your life and leverage your influence today will determine the legacy you leave tomorrow. Until next week, bye-bye.